Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen. Happy 2024. Cinematic Ventures podcast is back. Gabriel is here. And it's great to be back. Uh, we had a little uh, little vacation. I wasn't really planning on it, but um, there was a little bit of traveling involved. So I really had had no choice. And uh, I was not really in, uh, in the right conditions, uh, I guess, uh, to record the podcast. So apologies for that. I will, I will definitely uh, focus on being more consistent with the episodes because that's important for people to stick with the podcast and to really uh, be engaged with it. So I was thinking about what do I do with the first episode of 2024 and um, I could have done the usual stuff like the uh, recap of 2023 or what to expect in 24. I will probably do what to expect on, in 24, but... I wanted to start in a slightly different way uh, as a first episode, something a bit unusual, something that you don't hear in other podcasts when the new year starts. We can talk about the Golden Globes, all of these awards and box office performances, or just to analyze certain filmmaking techniques, but I wanted to start with something that really made an impression on me, and it's a specific movie that I watched over the holiday season. And I want to start right away because I was really impressed. And um, it's a type of movie that it was covered by a few outlets, like horror-themed outlets. If you like scary movies, you if you're a fan, like a dedicated horror fan, you probably have heard it. You've probably heard about this movie. But when the movie came out, it was uh, right before the end of the... Uh, Writer strike, the SAG and uh, uh, WGA strike that happened last year. So when it was released in October, actually actors just no one could really uh, could really talk about the movie. So there was there was no fanfare, there was no uh, there was no no marketing pretty much. And on top of that, the movie was released on a streamer. It was released on Prime Video, Amazon Prime. So. It was, it kind of went under the radar uh, for a bit. And even I missed it, I admit. I'm a, I'm an action guy. I grew up as an action guy, but I also love horror genre. I love scary movies and I try to watch as much as possible from the 80s all the way uh, until today. But this movie in particular, and let me just say the title. The title of the movie is Totally Killer. Totally Killer. Now, weird sounding or kind of silly sounding uh, title, but that is actually the point of the movie. And I would say the reason I'm bringing up, uh, bringing it up, I saw a couple of movies over the holiday season, but this one made a huge impression on me. Number one, it's, it's a great love letter to, I guess, some classic 80s slasher films or 80s as a decade as a whole, and uh, there will be slight spoilers in this one. This is not a review. I don't do reviews. I don't do recaps or anything like that. For me, it is just shining light and sharing what I liked and mentioning who is actually involved in the making of the movie. So for me, that is uh, the goal. That is the important thing when I talk about movies. Not just to say, oh, this is my opinion, or as a lot of people unfortunately just go, oh, this sucks, or this is the best movie ever, or this one is the worst movie ever. 
we know that this is the kind of the behavior online, but I really want to see movies, and that's what I've been doing with the podcast so far. Just looking at movies from a different point of view, just focusing on the people involved, like from editors to the DP to the composer, something you don't see and hear a lot these days. And these people deserve recognition, certainly. Now, Totally Killer, it it came out of nowhere for me. Uh, I honestly, the more I think about it, I don't even remember how it got on my radar to watch it in the first place. I believe it had uh, it had to do with um, uh, Lachlan uh, Monroe. Lachlan Monroe, actually, <laughs> just to make sure I pronounce it correctly. So, you know Lachlan, he, uh, uh, if you love the scary movies, the scary movie franchise, I'm sure you know him from the first movie. So I think I was just uh, checking some of his movies and I stumbled across this one, which is one of his last movies, Totally Killer. And I was like, what is that? So I clicked on it, right, from my recollection, and I just saw on, on Wikipedia, I saw the poster. And then I saw the crew, people who did the movie, I saw the main actress, and that got me interested. But unfortunately, if it wasn't for just me, just pure luck, stumbling across the movie, I think like probably most of you, I would have just completely, and not ignore it, I wouldn't even notice that the movie exists because that's the thing about streamers and that that could be a a whole different topic. I don't want to get carried away, but that's the problem, especially with Amazon. And we know that this is not their prime, I guess, uh, activity, making movies, promoting them. For them, it's just another drop in the bucket, basically. It's unfortunate and I wish, I hope, things get better in the future in terms of marketing and all of that. I think Netflix, at this point, they're doing a much better job, or even Disney+. Plus. But Amazon, unfortunately, there are quite a few examples of movies that certainly deserve a big audience. They're very well made, that are just dumped on the streamer, and it's up to you to discover it. So, totally killer, again, totally out of the blue for me. And, uh... I got curious. I didn't see the trailer. When I saw the cast and and the crew and just a slight synopsis, I was like, okay, I'm in the mood for that. I will watch it. And mind you, that's a few weeks, months even, after the movie was released. So I started watching the movie and I I, I really want to say that it it really, really surprised me in a in a in an incredible way. And it doesn't happen very often, if you guys think about it. It's um, usually we know, like a trailer or images from the movie, things that leaked online, websites are sharing images, stuff like that. But on this one, I had no clue. I was completely uh, just just with the synopsis. And thankfully, they don't really mention a couple of twists. Number one, and again, slight spoilers, right? But if you see the trailer, it's pretty much out there. But I I really want, I would advise you to, if you've never seen the movie, like this is the first time you hear about it, stop the podcast right now. Go watch the movie. It's on Amazon Prime. It's streaming. Uh, Watch it. Watch it first and then just go back to uh, to the podcast. It's not like I'm going to spoil a lot, but... I just want to make sure that you guys really experience the movie properly. Just uh, with those types of movies, go 
just go blind just just completely go and without looking at anything you can check the poster but the less you know the more fun you're gonna have guaranteed so if you're still with us or if you've seen the movie i will continue so basically it is a movie about a young girl who loses her mother in the very beginning of the movie and there's a serial killer involved. The Sweet 16 killer is uh, mentioned here. And it's like connected. Uh, movie takes place present time, 20 and uh, 2023, 20, 24. But it's, the events are connected to what happened in the 80s when uh, the mother of the main character was a teenager. So long story short, I don't want to do a recap of the, um, of the, um, of the plot, but... Basically, there's time travel involved. There's a lot of Back to the Future elements, a lot of, um, I guess, uh, um, sarcastic <laughs> points and lines about Back to the Future. And if you love Back to the Future, you're going to love this one. So basically, yes, there is time travel. The main character goes back in time. She goes back from 2023. She's like a Gen Zer. She goes back in the to the 80s. And... What I liked about it, and I know some people who kind of don't like the whole woke culture of today, and they love the 80s or they grew up in the 80s and the 90s, they probably could be a little bit irked and annoyed by some of the, I guess, lines that she says. But uh, honestly, it's first, it's not that, it's not that much. So uh, if this thing, if you're able to overcome right these things. I think you're going to really enjoy the whole and the character itself. I think it's a, it's a very smart character. And this is where I want to land on uh, the actual cast of the movie. The main character, the main character is, uh, it's, there, there are a lot of, I would say, uh, throwbacks to the 80s. Like you have Molly Ringwald stuff connected. Uh, even the main character, her name is Jamie. And she is portrayed by Kiernan Shipka. Now, if you don't know the name, you certainly know the face. She was uh, in Sabrina, uh, the Young Witch, on Netflix a few years ago. And that was the, I saw the first episode, I believe. And that was the moment when I really noticed uh, this performer. And I've always liked her, uh, her performances. She's, she's kind of reminds me of um, like a female version of Shia LaBeouf. What I always liked about Shia and uh, Disturbia and Eagle Eye and Transformers and all of his movies, he's a very confident performer. It's just, you can see it and just in the behavior. It's not just the writing of the character. It's just the, the actual essence of the actor portraying it. So that's what I remember loving and I still love about Shia being so confident and you just know that you're in good hands. That you're going to see a good, dedicated performance. And when he is acting, just, just the little slight touches, the body language that he does was just great. Uh, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go and watch again. Or if you've never seen it, watch Eagle Eye. DJ Caruso came out in 2008. Shia, Billy Bob Thornton, Rosario Dawson, Michelle Monaghan. One of, one of my favorite action movies. It's a, it's a thriller as well. It's a terrific, terrific movie. I, I really, really recommend it. And Shia really shines there. I think it's probably his best performance so far. So uh, Kiernan Shipka, she is very much the same. And in this movie, this is a star-making vehicle for her. And it's really unfortunate that the movie did not 
get the attention that it really deserves when it came out. Because I'm sure if this was released in a movie theater with proper marketing campaign budget, and uh, I will mention the irony here, uh, I think the movie would have been like a sleeper hit. And she would have been much more famous, like, uh, and probably, I don't know, probably a sequel or something. But I, I don't know how successful it is for Amazon. They, as you guys know, streamers don't really release their, their, their data, how much money a movie makes or, well, in this case, it's not really money. It's about audience. How much is the, the viewership? So I hope it was a success for them because... First, it's a very well-made movie, and her performance is the kind of brave, confident performance. Again, yes, everything comes from the script, right? But it's also her, her body language. It's just when you see her reactions, sometimes a lot about acting is about reacting to other characters or other events or what's happening. It's just it's very natural. She really fits, and you feel confident when you have a character like that it's something very difficult to explain but i'm sure you guys know the feeling when you watch a movie with a confident character right it doesn't have to be a strong character or a superhero just a confident character a character that feels real that it doesn't feel like staged or operatic this is the kind of character this is the kind of um dynamic that you have in this movie it feels real it doesn't feel like oh we've re rehearsed that 30 times and now we're just uh, saying it like we're on a play or on a stage. It feels very real. It's, it's very much modern, right? Her behavior, her sensitivity, all of that. So I think the character and the actress, they did an incredible job. And uh, another thing that I would like to mention is the director of Totally Killer. And her name is Nanchatka Khan. She is an uh, Iranian-American filmmaker. And uh, if you check her... Uh, her work. She is pretty pretty successful in uh, different TV uh, streamers, TV shows, but I would say this is the biggest thing for her so far, and it's a very competent, well-made movie. I I'm really, in the beginning, I was like, uh, do I know a lot about her? Because I usually follow. I like to follow filmmakers, and I like to know what they've done before, so I'm not just looking at the trailer. I'm interested in the actual cast and crew what they've done before. So I think the biggest thing that she did before Totally Killer was Always Be My, ba my Maybe. It was on Netflix. It was Ali Wong. And uh, it's, uh, who else was there? Uh, oh, Randall Park, of course. Randall Park and Ali Wong. And Always Be My, ba my Maybe. It was released in 2019 on uh, Netflix. And it was, it, it was a fun, fun movie. I believe Keanu, Keanu Reeves was there. He made that infamous cameo in the movie. So uh, I was happy that she got this uh, opportunity to make something completely different, which in this case is a slasher, thriller. There's also some comedic elements in, uh, in uh, Totally Killer, but it's, it's definitely a fun ride. And speaking of slasher and horror and all of that, the producer of the movie, ladies and gentlemen, is the one and only Jason Blum. So you have one of the biggest names in horror like in general blumhouse productions right obviously we have happy death day we have the black phone the invisible man oculus uh like the the sinister the purge all of these super popular super successful horror movies 
So he is the producer of Totally Killer. So if you're not sure about the movie, now you know that there's a legitimate horror master supporting and uh, obviously financing the movie as well. So what I saw, I remember when I saw in the cast and crew, because most of the other people in the movie, they're not like quote unquote superstars. But when I saw Jason Blum, I was like, you know what? This is it. And that's how I usually approach movies. Because a lot of people would say, oh, I don't know anyone in this cast. Like the director, I don't know him. I just can't recognize anyone. I'm just not interested. Unfortunately, we are wired in a way that if we see a famous face, we are interested. But if we don't see anything familiar, we're like, eh, I'm not sure about that. And I think it's kind of like uh, our subconsciousness in a way. But uh, for me, I always try to look at the entire cast and crew. Even if it's one of the camera operators that I know. If I don't know anyone else in the cast and crew, if there's a camera operator that I wouldn't recognize, I would be like, okay, this is a guy who worked on a lot of great productions. So he has the talent. So there is something that attracted him to this project, aside from money, of course. So when I saw Jason Blum, that was it for me. I was like, okay, okay, I'm watching this for sure, for sure. So... At the same time, this was good news, but also at the same time, it was kind of like, a, I remember after finishing the movie and loving it so much, I was thinking, oh, that's a bummer, because Blumhouse, they're very good at promoting horror movies and just creating excitement in the audience, creating hype. I mean, you remember, Sinister, Megan, Megan became a meme, the character, before the movie was even released, just based on a trailer. So they're really good at marketing and, and just making people interested in scary movies. And that was the bummer for me because I don't know what exactly happened, why the movie, why Totally Killer ended up on, on a streamer. But I'm absolutely confident that this movie would have worked tremendously at the movie theaters. It would have been a success. Maybe not a game changer, not like a scream or something like that, but it would have attracted an audience, I'm sure. With the proper marketing campaign, with the time travel stuff, uh, the main character, the main serial killer who wears a mask and looks like Joni Bravo, which is kind of funny, which is very, very unusual. I think the movie would have been very, very successful at the movie theater. So I was a bit disappointed when I learned that it was Jason Blum, but at the same time, I guess the movie did not have the luck of being the next Megan or the next big thing released theatrically by Blumhouse. I'm sure they had their reasons for releasing it on the streamer. I don't think they didn't have any, I guess, uh, faith in the movie. I don't think so. I think the movie is well made. And when I did a little, uh, just a little digging among the horror society, horror fans, um, it's actually well-received. I'm not talking about critics and all of that. I read about reviews and all of that. As you guys know, I do. I would check on Wikipedia. I mean, you don't really have a choice. You will see how it was received by critics. But I usually try to focus on audience, right? How the actual audience reacts to a movie. I will be aware of the critics as well, but I'm much more curious in the audience. And 
there are quite a few people in the horror uh, horror genre, horror society, uh, who are really huge fans of the of the movie. One of them, Freddie Prince Jr. Now he has his own podcast. I don't know if you guys know, but you can check it out. Uh, and I don't really plug other podcasts on on uh, on our platform here, but. You can definitely check uh, Freddie Prince's podcast. It's pretty much horror oriented, and I believe he also covered Totally Killer because uh, he was raving about that movie. And I was happy that someone within the genre, like a performer, he's popular from in the in the genre, obviously because of I know what you did last summer. So this was a huge support for the movie for Totally Killer, and I'm glad I'm glad that it got that support from someone. Uh, who is significant in the genre. But basically, I, I don't want to spoil any more of the movie. I just want to say, number one, the music works really well in the movie. The soundtrack is, is great. There is one specific scene. I don't want to spoil it towards the, I think, the second half of the movie. There's this major, very messy, but also very realistic fight scene that involves pretty much all of the main characters. And the killer. And that's something you don't see a lot. Usually in horror movies, it's pretty isolated. You have the victim running around trying to hide. And you have the bad guy just stalking and just jumping out of nowhere. Right? The classic horror stuff that we all know and love. But here, there's that an incredible scene. I, I just, I've seen it a couple of times. It's w very well made. Very realistic. And the, the music in the background, it's one of my favorite uh, tracks from the 80s. And it works so well. It's such a memorable scene. You'll know when you see it. It's the second half of the movie. takes place in the cabin in the woods. And it's one of the most memorable moments in the movie. So the movie is really, really well shot. They're clearly, yes, when you do a slasher movie, when you do like a throwback, obviously you're going to see a lot of similarities with Halloween, Friday the 13th. Uh, Scream, as I mentioned, Back to the Future, even though it's not really a horror, but it's a movie that references a lot of other popular movies, but not in an annoying way. In a really, I would say, natural way, it fits the story. And um, uh, again, the time travel element, it's not really uh, like uh, deeply analyzed or something, but there's some pretty interesting scenes and ideas of what happens when you travel. So basically, it is about her traveling back in time. Actually, it's by accident. She, she goes back in the 80s to the 80s, and she tries to stop the killer. And by doing so, stopping the killer from killing people back in the 80s, basically to stop the killer from killing her mother in the future. So it is an engaging story. It's a story that will keep you interested. Even if you say, oh, it's not my cup of tea, this movie. Uh, I don't think you're going to say that it's boring or it's not well made. It's certainly well made. It's um, it's well shot. As I mentioned, the uh, the soundtrack works really well. The music by Michael Andrews. I think he did a very very nice job. It's um, it's like this classic type of horror scary movie music, but it's not like over the top. I think it really fits the movie. The cinematography. Uh, Judd Overton is the DP. And I was surprised. There's some pretty cool shots in the movie. Now, clearly the movie was not a big budget movie. I don't know what the budget was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's around 10, 10 mil or something like that. But uh, there's a lot of good transition shots. The editing works really well. The camera work is very slick, right? Uh, 
And I, I think I think overall, technically, just in terms of the visuals and everything, the movie really works. The movie really works. It carries itself well with confidence. Clearly, the people who made it, they knew what they were doing. And again, just to go back on uh, on the actress, Kiernan Shipka, a star-making vehicle for her. Just just an incredible performance. Uh, and again, I'm, I'm still disappointed because this movie would have been huge for her if it was released in the movie theaters. I'm sure young people would have would have been crazy for this character. So uh, all I want to say, as you can see, uh, you can feel the, the excitement in my in my voice. So I want to make sure that you guys are at least a little bit interested in this movie. That's why uh, I'm doing the series on the on the podcast, appreciating the underrated. That's uh, the name that I've that I came up with. And uh, hopefully you will find a way to watch the movie. Uh, even if you're not interested, even if, you, even if you're listening to this and you're like, dude, I've heard this many times, like a typical horror movie. We've seen it many times, just rehashed ideas and all of that. Trust me, there is a, there is a charm to this movie. There is a reason. And, uh, uh, I don't want to bring up, uh, uh, critics because not that I don't like critics, but I'm really focused on ordinary viewers, how people are reacting without being influenced by other people's opinions. But, uh, reading on Wikipedia when I did my uh, own research, it was actually very well received by critics. So uh, I don't know if that makes a difference to you. It, it doesn't matter to me. Even if it was trashed and bashed by the critics, I would have still seen it and I would still love it. So especially for the main character, the performance of the character and some of the ideas, or if you just miss 80 slasher or at least a little bit of a throwback to the classic slasher decade that we all know and love, uh, the 80s, I think you, uh, you're going to enjoy the movie. Um, again, as I mentioned, it is unfortunately only available on Prime Video. I don't, I don't think there's a physical release. I would love for this movie to get a Blu-ray release, but I seriously doubt it. I seriously doubt it. Maybe if someone starts a pet petition, maybe it would work. But for now, the movie is on a streamer. It is very fun. It is pretty cool. Uh, I'm sure if it was released and really successful in the movie theaters, I'm sure they would have come up with probably a sequel idea. But it's a it's definitely a very good ride. And again, if you guys are listening to this, find a way to watch it. It's a great watch just on, in the evening after work or after school, whatever. Just to chill and just to relax with a um, pretty cool slasher flick with some interesting comedic bits and some interesting ideas. So that's what I wanted to do today with uh, our uh, our series of episodes called, titled, Appreciating the Underrated. So uh, totally killer. This is the movie. You see, I'm, I'm even thinking about, I have so many things to say, but I don't want to stay here for three hours. That's why you're going to hear a lot of, oh, ma. So I apologize for that. I apologize. But it's a, it's a nice little movie. I hope, I really hope it was profitable, I guess, successful for Amazon. I don't know, their internal uh, calculations, the viewership. I hope it was successful because I want to see more of those guys from the director, Khan, from uh, Kiernan Shipka, and the guys behind the camera as well. I think they're very talented. And if they decide to do another one like this one, oh, I'll be there. I'll be there and support it.
So this is it, guys. Uh, that's the, the quick, I guess, episode. Well, quick, quick. It's almost 30 minutes of me blabbing. So apologies if I was blabbing a lot or if there was a lot of um, um. It's just there's so much to say. I'm so excited about the movie. I'm excited about people discovering the movie more. And I believe that in the years to come, because it's been like just a few months since the movie came out, I believe in the years to come this will be like a legitimate cult classic, kind of like uh, Heather's, right? And uh, all of those like high school slasher type uh, of movies that we all know and love. So hopefully this will happen, if, and if I can contribute with my platform, with Cinematic Ventures, if I, if I can get someone, at least one person, excited to click on that movie and to give it a shot, I'd be happy. It means I did my job uh, to shine some light on the underrated. So again, guys, totally killer, Amazon Prime. If you have the time, check it out. I'm sure you'll enjoy it, but even if you don't enjoy it, let me know in the comments. Just uh, let me know an email. However, however you decide, let me know how you feel. I just want more movies like this one to attract bigger audiences. And uh, hopefully this one will, will attract a bigger one in the future. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your time. I'm very excited for the next episodes of the podcast. I have some pretty cool ideas and uh, I will try to surprise you and keep you engaged. And again, happy new year. Happy 2024. I hope it's a good one for all of us. There are a lot of great movies to come. I have some interesting stuff prepared, including stuff on the YouTube channel. So check us on YouTube. Of course, follow us on Spotify and Amazon Music as well. So this is it for today. Thank you for listening. I appreciate your time. Gabriel, signing off. See you next time. Bye for now, guys.